Hello, and welcome to Hope Church. We're a local church with chill style, real faith, and no perfect people allowed. Thanks for checking out our podcast. This is a message from our SoCal location in the Santa Cruz, California area. We hope this message is encouraging. If you live near either of our locations, we'd love to have you join us for one of our many Sunday services. How's that for an intro? Man, isn't it cool to get to gather together and sing and just know that God is here with us, that we can gather and know that the Lord is moving in this place. And it's so good to be here with you guys today. If we haven't met, my name is Danny, but I know a lot of you guys, and it's so good to see you. I miss being here at Hope. This is a great, great family. Oh, thanks. Happy to be here today. My family is coming to the 11 o'clock, and uh, we're, we're stoked to be a part um, and, and just grateful. Um, what a crazy season it's been, and what a great team we have here at Hope. I'm just thankful for the, the leaders here and grateful for you being so gracious to uh, share us as we're helping pastor um, a third church. We have three churches in partnership here in Santa Cruz County, so Scotts Valley and SoCal is Hope Church, and uh, my wife Jenny and I started the church 10 years ago in our living room. A couple people that were here there, that were there. But, um, and, uh, but we are helping pastor the Coastlands Church in Aptos, which is like maybe five minutes that way. It's not very far. Um, and so we've been leaning in and helping there and uh, looking forward to just seeing this partnership develop. And one of the things I'm super excited about is we're going to have Christmas together at the boardwalk. We rented the Coconut Grove, and it's going to be a party, and we're going to have Christmas there and on Sunday the 19th. So mark your calendars. Kind of the way we've done Christmas in the past is we do a big thing on the Sunday before, and that way you can be with your families on Christmas. And we're probably going to do like a live stream or something on the 26th because it's like Christmas lands on a Saturday. But um, speaking of family, it's Thanksgiving week. Come on. And it's like 75 degrees. Thanksgiving is like the best holiday ever because there's like zero pressure of like bringing gifts and it's all about just eating food and hanging out. But I also recognize that for some it can you know, it can bring up some stuff. So whether you whether Thanksgiving and the word family is a good thing or kind of a weird thing for you, we hope that you not only fi- feel at home here but find a home here as we have pancakes after the service and uh, let this be our little Thanksgiving meal together. Amen? We're a family here. And, uh, and, and how many of you guys know, like, it's, 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 isn't it funny how by nature in our culture, there's in-groups and there's out-groups, right? And we've all experienced what it feels like to be on the outside, right? Growing up um, as a surfer, I uh, had two different sets of friends. And I, I grew up like halfway between Ventura and Malibu, okay? And my Ventura friends were like punk rock, and it was all about the black wetsuit and the white shortboard, Okay, and you couldn't ride anything else. But then I would go with my other friends who were like, and they were longboarders, and you could have any other longboard, and it's all about the soul. And so I kind of like grew up like doing both, but like I you the, like you couldn't like do it together because they didn't get a, the two groups didn't get along. You know what I'm saying? And like the shortboarders would call the longboarders knuckle draggers, and uh, you know the longboarders would call the shortboarders surf Nazis. And it was just like this constant tension, you know, that was happening in the water and on the land. And uh, <laughs> and maybe you felt like an outsider before. 
I never really fit in with either. But it's funny because now I can go and my wife and daughter longboard, and I can go hang out with the longboarders and surf with them, and then I can go paddle out on my shortboard out to Sewer Peak, and I just I, I'm just kind of like I just float between the two groups. Somehow I've managed to pull it off when no one's. But there's been a, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of bloodshed over the years, right? There's been a lot of uh, hostility there. Different spots, it's different surf spots. There's different brands that people wear. Different brands. There's different surf shops. Different boards. Like the whole thing. There's this whole, you know. And then and then there's the weekend warrior on the wave storm that's despised by all. They don't fit in with anybody. And then there's the maverick surfer that just trumps everybody. They're like, wow, you surf mavericks. Oh my gosh, you're next level. You're gnarly. Um, have you ever felt like an outsider? I think we've all had that feeling, right? At some level, like whether it was junior high or even like being an adult, like walking into like a group of people that you don't know. Sometimes people come into church, they might feel like an outsider. We don't realize that, but I think a lot of people do sometimes. You come into a group of people, they all know each other, they're stoked, it's like a party, and you're like, this is kind of weird. And Which, by the way, there's good news if you felt that way. I have good news for you today. Jesus didn't just come for the insider, Right? Jesus formed a band of outsiders and brought them in on something huge. And Peter was one of those people. And I want to look at uh, Acts chapter 10 today. If you guys have your Bibles, we're going to look at Acts chapter 10 uh, together. Uh, this story about Peter. And um, we just kind of wrapped up this series called Essentials, talking about things that we believe, things that we hold on to, things that do kind of separate us a little bit, right? Like, okay. It's not just a free-for-all. Like, we come as, we, we have a church where we say, you come as you are, but we want God to come as he is too, right? Like, he gets to be, like, legit truth. And, you know, none of us have that dialed in perfectly. But on the flip side of that is kind of what I want to talk about today, the other side of that coin. And so we're going to look at this scripture. I got, I got this new Bible that I want to show you guys. It's super cool. It's this big old fat study Bible, and I actually didn't mean to bring it today because I, I have like this little like black one that I use but for preaching, but I, I couldn't find it today. So I was like, oh, I'm bringing the big fatty. This is my new one. It's, um, it's, the, it's the fatty Bible. It's, um, what is it called? It's called the NIV Cultural Background Study Bible. It's super cool because you could like be reading a passage and then it like right down below it'll give you like the little details and like the history of like what was happening in that day and like what was going on like how many miles was it from Joppa to Caesarea does anyone even know i do it was 30 miles okay cuz i read that in my little thing here and that'll 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 be important later okay so um i'm so sorry you guys are stuck with me today this is just Oh, I know. But you know what? We're going to get through this together. We're going to get through this. And uh, hope you know what? The cool thing about God's Word is you can't go wrong. Like, as, as faulty as I am and as ADD as I might be, like, we're going to read God's Word, and it always accomplishes what it sets out to do, right? It never returns void. So God's Word transforms us um, no matter what. So we're going to read it. Thank God, right? We're going to do something serious here today. Okay, so it's Acts chapter 10. Verse 1, you guys have your Bibles, you can follow along. I don't even know if this is on the screens. Look at that. Dustin, you are the man. Pulled it off, buddy. At Caesarea, I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Caesarea, Caesarea, okay. Like being a Caesar salad, right? Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius. Okay, little background here. 
This is like 2,000 years ago, the OG start of the Christian church, okay? Like we're, t- we're connected to this. All the way back, there was Jesus had disciples. He died on the cross. He rose from the grave. And he, with one command, he said, wait for it. Like, wait for what? Wait for the Holy Spirit. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be a witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth, right? So there's this, this movement that happened, like totally grassroots, no money, no political influence. They're being chased around to be killed. Totally stoppable. But, but, God, but Jesus said, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell aren't going to prevail against it. How many of you guys know like what we think about with church in the last like 12 or 14, 18, 24 months that it's been? It's, it's been shaken a little bit, right? But Jesus is building a church, and so we don't have to be afraid. It's unstoppable. It's pretty cool. So this is what's happening. Peter went from being this, like, rogue, blue-collar, fisherman, outsider. Jesus pulls him in, makes him a disciple, raises from the dead, and leaves him in charge. After he denied him three times, like, totally blew it. And here's this guy, Peter. He's in charge, and he gives this awesome sermon. All these people come to Jesus. They have the first mega church, 3,000 people in Jerusalem. And Jesus said, go in all the world. And they didn't because they had this cool church. They're like, this is awesome. We're breaking bread. We're eating together. Anyone has needs, we're going to help them out. Like, it's this amazing, like, beautiful thing that's happening. But they weren't actually fulfilling the mission of Jesus until they became persecuted. Their brother Stephen got stoned. And not in the Santa Cruz way. They actually threw rocks at him and killed him. And, and it was gnarly. Like he saw the heavens open up and boom, he's down. He, I mean, he probably had a family. Like this was their friend. Like at this moment, this is, this is the moment where if this is man-made stuff, it's all over. They just go back to fishing. But in, this is the moment where it actually spread. And they started going to these new places and sharing the gospel in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the end of the earth. And there's this critical moment right here that we're going to look at today with Peter. And I'm actually going to read through this, I promise. Okay, ready? Here we go. So that's the background. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian regiment. He's a Roman soldier who crucified Jesus the Roman soldiers, okay? So, like, just think about that for a second. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. One day, about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius, Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? Which, by the way, anytime someone meets an angel in the Bible, it's like, don't be afraid, because they're like peeing their pants, pretty much. So if somebody tells you they saw an angel and they had this dream, you're like, were you afraid? You weren't afraid. It wasn't an angel. It was just, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, t- I'm going to get through this. The angel said, your prayers and your gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. Do had an ocean view, some surfboards. There's actually waves in Joppa, by the way, just so you know. You can surf there. Um, when the angel who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier who was one of the attendants. He told them everything that happened and sent them to Joppa. Okay, so now here's fast forward over to Peter. 
About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat, and while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to the earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. Reptiles, by the way, were like the most like unclean things. So like just that being in the mix was like, no, you're not eating this, okay? They weren't allowed to back then. Um, I don't know if anyone here likes eating snakes, but um, reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Like we don't even understand how shocking this would be to Peter. Like his whole life, he's like, don't eat, the, don't eat the bacon. Don't eat the bacon, right? And all of a sudden, he has this dream about bacon. And God's like, it's cool. He's like, no, God, there's no way. I can't, what? It's cool, it's cool. The bacon's cool, it's okay. Everyone that loves bacon said amen. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. I think he's quoting like the prophet Ezekiel or something right there. But the voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. Right? So Jesus like flipped the script on this whole clean, unclean thing, right? Remember? Like back then they thought, well, if you were unclean and you touched something that was clean, it would turn that thing unclean. Right? And you couldn't go to church anymore. You couldn't go that week. You had to go do all these rituals and stuff. And then all of a sudden, Jesus shows up and he starts touching things, people that were unclean and making them clean and whole and well. Kind of trippy, like flips the script on that. So here is God saying, don't call anything impure uh, that God has made clean. God can make, obviously God can make things clean that were unclean. This happened three times. God's trying to get his attention. Anytime, anytime it, something happens three times in the Bible, what does that mean? God's trying to get our attention. Like one, two, three, boom. Okay. It's happened three times and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. While Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out there where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you. Go get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Peter went down and said to the man, I'm the one you're looking for. Why have you come? The man replied, We have come from Cornelius the centurion. He is a righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to ask you to come to his house so that he could hear what you have to say. Then, Pe- then Peter invited the men into the house to be his guests which was like a big no-no too, by the way. Um, The next day, Peter started out with them, and some of the believers from Joppa went along. The following day, he arrived in Caesarea. So that's 30 miles, remember, from Joppa. So they were booking it. They like traveled through the night kind of thing. Maybe they got some horses. I don't know. They They were booking it. I walked 46 miles at Disneyland two weeks ago. super gnarly. There's no trams right now. They went on strike. So you got to like walk in and then you walk around. It's 46 miles. So I know how far that is. <laughs> 30 miles. And what, that was like over the course of like four days. Okay. Like 26,000 steps a day, something like that. So these guys were booking it. They did, they did about 50,000 steps overnight. 
As Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence. But Peter made him get up, stand up. He said, get up, stand up. Um, He said, I am only a man myself. While talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, you are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile, right? So they, 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 didn't, they did not, like it was not culturally acceptable, right? It was like the long border paddling out to Sewer Peak, not culturally acceptable. You will get punched, okay? That's what's going on here. Like you are not allowed, and let alone, this guy's a Roman soldier. They're like the enemy, like, any, if you've ever hated someone or feared someone and thought that person's a bad person, that's how they felt about Roman soldiers. I'm not saying we should, but we've all, we've all had that experience where we have a prejudice against someone. And he had a prejudice, I'm sure. And, and he actually had biblical reasons, or he had s- religious reasons to justify what he was doing. Like, he wrapped his, his faith was wrapped into it too, right? And so he's like, no, I can't, I can't. But but God's saying go. So he's saying, you're all aware that this is against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. Guaranteed people are talking about this. You know what I'm saying? This is going to be some gossip. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. May I ask why you sent me? Cornelius answered, three days ago I was in my house praying at this hour at three in the afternoon, suddenly a man in shining clothes stood before me and said, Cornelius, God has heard your prayer and remembered your gifts to the poor. Send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He is a guest in the home of Simon the Tanner, who lives by the sea. So I sent for you immediately, and it was good for you to come. Now, all, now we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. You know the message of God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. There's that word shalom, which is, it's not just peace. It's like this wholeness, right? This healing, this wholeness. Um, and that's good news. Verse 37. You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross, but God raised him from the dead on the third day. And caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. See what I mean about the Bible? Isn't this awesome? So, so good. Verse 44, while Peter was speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. 
for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. That happened when the church was born in Acts chapter 2. They were all speaking different languages. You know the real miracle of, of, of Acts chapter 2 to me in, it, on Pentecost is that they understood each other. Wouldn't that be great if Christians could actually communicate? Just another little side note there. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if we could communicate that God would give us the ability to speak and understand where each other's coming from and hear one another? And that's what happened. But here, here this is happening with the Gentiles. This is shocking. This is scandalous. Right? Then Peter said, Surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. And then when you get into ch- chapter 11, it says that the apostles and the believers throughout Ju- uh, Judea heard that the Gentiles had received the word of God. So when Peter went up from Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him and said, you went into the house of uncircumcised men and ate with them? So they're freaking out, right? Like, like what we thought, right? They're freaking out because this is happening. And he tells them the story and explains to them. And this is the really so powerful because what happens here is that this opens the door now for the message to go to all people. It's, it's good for us to remember sometimes that our faith started with a dark-haired Jewish rabbi in the East. You know what I'm saying? And, and it spread like we are included in Christ. Isn't that awesome? That's the, that's the beauty of this message, that we are included. That people that have no business bearing the name of Jesus, bearing the image of God, are included. None of us deserve this. Right? What a privilege it is that we can be included and grafted in, as the scripture tells us, right? We weren't the original vine, but we got grafted in. Some people know about vineyards up here, and that you can graft in different kinds of grapes and bring them together. And so that's us. Like, we're we're attached to the vine of Jesus because of the cross, because of what he did. And this is huge. Peter is living the sent life. And God is speaking to him. Three times he gets this, this, this vision, and, and it's like God's trying to get, it, get his attention. And, and then this Gentile and this Roman soldier has a vision too. Anytime in the Bible where there's like two visions and they match together, like it's a big deal. Like this is a big moment. And it's big because right after this, the first multi-ethnic church is born in Antioch. And this church begins planting churches around the world. Right? Remember Jesus said to go, and then they did it? It was actually the Gentiles that got it, started getting it done. Ironically. Isn't that funny how God uses the weak things of the world? Right? He, he, he does that. And so he takes the Gentiles who they thought weren't even, shouldn't even be part of the party, and, he, and, and that's where it starts happening. It starts going down. That's the first place that they called them Christians. You know what that means? Like Christ, little Christ. Wouldn't it be cool if Christians today were known for being like Jesus? I want to be that church, man. That's my dream, that we could be a church that's known more for the way that we love and live like Jesus. Right? I think the church, Christianity has, has kind of a bad name in the world right now. Right? When, if you talk to people who don't know Jesus, some of the some of the words that come up might be judgmental. You're like, oh, you're going to go there, really? 
judgmental, hypocritical, too political? Are we known more for, for that than being like Jesus? I don't know about you, but I want to I be known for being a little Christ, like Christ. And I want to be a church that that's our primary identity. Amen? You guys are with me on that? Okay, so a couple things here that this stood out to me here. Joppa. Do you guys know where Joppa is? 30 miles from Caesarea. Also a place that you can surf. Anyone know who the worst prophet in the Old Testament was in the Bible? Worst prophet ever. Jonah, thank you. Jonah was the worst prophet ever because um, we're pretty hard on him, but you know, it really, it was a tough job because God called him to go and give a prophetic word to the Ninevites. Now, we don't really understand the, the seriousness here. The Ninevites were like known terrorists. This was the, the capital of the Assyrian Empire, and they were known for stringing Jews up and torturing them and killing them and leaving them up there. Okay, like they did some gnarly stuff. And God told Jonah to go. And he, go, and he you know where he goes? He, instead of going to Nineveh, he flees to Joppa. Interestingly enough. So am I running from the call of God or am I willing to go? He ultimately ends up, God basically gets him to go to Nineveh against his will. And he gives the worst prophetic message ever. Five words. I think, I think it was like five words. He said, like, basically, you're going to be toast in 40 days. That's all he said. And then they all repented, and God did this awesome thing. But, um, and he was mad. He was mad because God saved him. Anyways, he's the worst prophet ever. But he fled to Joppa. And I think there's this picture here that here's Peter in Joppa. And God's like, are you going to go to the people that you hate? Are you going to allow me to change your heart and the way that you see people? Are you going to allow me to fulfill my mission through you? And I think that's what God would say to us today. Because that mission isn't just for the paid professionals. It's not just for the apostles. That mission is for every Christian, right? Every Jesus follower, we're invited into the mission. He says, go into the world and make disciples, right? It's kind of like if we're not, are we a disciple? So we're called in this mission with Jesus to go and to share the message, the good news. And the greater miracle, there's obviously this, this huge miracle of God changing Cornelius's heart, right? He was a good person. How many of you guys know it's not enough to be just a good person? He needed to hear the message of Jesus, Jesus is the way, right? And Cornelius needed to hear that message. Someone needed to proclaim it to him. But the bigger message here is that God was changing Peter's heart. And then he used Peter to transform the heart of the early church so that they could embrace these Gentiles like you and me. Dirty Gentiles. That's how they viewed us. Some of you guys know my story. You know, I grew up and surfing, and I brought my skateboard up here. Did you guys notice I have my skateboard up here today? I brought my skateboard with me today because um, I was thinking about this. 
the other day I was hanging out with Joe Gruber and we were hanging out with some pro skaters. I was down in LA the other day and it just reminded me of like being a kid, being a skateboarder, and it was there was no skateboarding in the Olympics. Okay, yeah, I want you to understand the context here. There's a sticker that says skateboarding is not a crime. That's because as a child, I was I I was always getting in trouble for skateboarding. Part of that was because I didn't want to be mainstream, okay? So that's part of it. There was a little bit of rebellion there that God had to, like, work out and bring up, and he will do that. But also, we got everywhere we skateboarded, we got in trouble. There was no skate parks. And so unless you had, like, a good place to skate in front of your house, you were getting in trouble by the cops. So we just thought we were bad kids. And then there was a church I don't, I don't think you realize how big this was for me. There was a church that built skateboard ramps. And, like, got in trouble with their insurance so they could have a bunch of, invite a bunch of dirty skater kids into their church. And I found Christ because of those people. And I don't know where I would, I'd be dead right now, you guys. I would totally be dead. Half of my friends are dead. And I was going down that path, and I found Jesus. <sighs> and that's what God's called us to do for other people. We're not called to create a place here that's just for skateboarders. We're called to create a place that looks for someone who's on the outside and says, come with me, you're in. We've got to allow people to belong before they believe all the right things and have it all together. Thanks, man. This is, this is personal for me. Thank you. Praise God. If, if you guys are, I mean, that's, that's what I love about this church, man. What I don't tell a lot of times is the part of the story that I actually went to another church before that church. And it's kind of like at Disneyland, they have that little bar, and it's like if you're not tall enough, you can't ride. I wasn't tall enough to ride. I tried out for the band, and I played too loud and too fast. They didn't want me. And I tried to, like, meet with the youth pastor, and he didn't have time for me. And we have to be careful because, you know what, as we grow as a church and we love each other and we love being together and having pancakes, like, it's easy to be stoked hanging out and forget that there's people that feel like they're on the outside. And I love that it was Ryan's first day playing guitar today, and I hope you feel like you are part of the family, dude. So awesome. And Damaris was playing keys and singing up there, like, I want to be a church that lets people, lets people try and be a part of it. Because it makes all the difference. They let me serve. They asked me to come and help set up skate ramps and set up chairs. And it saved my life. And I can still skate. <laughs> all right. That's where, the, that's where the wheels come off the message, but I think you get my heart, you guys. 
like God wants to do that through us. And he wants to send us. He, he, this is Joppa, right? And he, he, we have that choice. Are we going to be sent? Right? And so there's three things he wants to expand, our, our worldview. He wants to expand how we see people constantly. We all have labels we put on people, you guys. Whether it be skater or, I don't know. I'm not going to say them because I don't want to point anybody out. But you know what I'm saying. There's labels that we put on people. And I'm not calling you a racist or anything, but I'm a racist. I have prejudice in my heart. And I want God to rid that of me. I want to be rid of that. Because that's evil. And I want to see people as image bearers of, of God. So I got to let him expand my eyes. Um, number two, I got to let him expand my heart. Because if we don't love people, we can't share the message with people. We can't share the good news if we don't have love, right? You can't lead someone to Christ if you don't love them. And you can't love them if you don't accept them. And if you don't accept them, you can't accept them if you don't see them as an image bearer of God. Everybody has that because it says in the Bible that he created us in his image. So every person out there, even the guy that was mean to my wife and I'm still mad at him but I'm praying for him, he's an image bearer of God, right? And I got to love him because if I don't love him and I don't accept him, I can't reach him. And that's the greatest purpose of our life, is to reach people. Ultimately, that's why God wants to expand our, 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 the way we see people. He wants to expand our hearts so we can, he can expand our reach. Amen? Real quick story, and then I'm going to wrap this up, because I'm actually speaking at the coastlands, and I'm coming back here, so it's kind of fun. Um, last story. So there's this guy, and he's a pro surfer, and my friend and I conspired to, like, start a Bible study for guys that would never go to church, and it was really fun. And we did, like, bonfire by the beach, and we got all these guys that would never come to church, and we started talking about ancient script, ancient uh, texts. You know? <laughs> it's pretty sneaky stuff, you know? And we, we, <laughs> we led him to the Lord. It was pretty killer. And then he got baptized, and my friend was going on this trip to, uh, to Israel, and, uh, and this guy's a pro surfer, so they kind of lined up, you know, some connections with surf shops in, in, in alignment with it, and they went to Joppa. And in Joppa, there, this division between the long borders and the short borders is strong. Like, they, there's fights, like death threats, like they hate each other. And there's, like, the short border shop, and there's the long border shop. But because my friend's a pro surfer, everybody showed up to hear him and to meet him. And this is how much God has changed his heart. After just being baptized, he's there and he goes, hey guys, we're in Joppa. This is the place where Jonah ran away from God. This is the place where Peter's eyes were opened. We got to come together. And I love how God can take someone in. Like this guy, he probably at the moment probably wouldn't even identify as a, as a Christian just because of all the negative stereotypes of that word. But God was using him. And I believe that if God can use him, he can use each and every one of us. Amen? 
We hope this message encouraged you to take the next steps in your relationship with God. The cool thing is that you don't have to do it alone. There are a lot of ways you can get connected here at Hope. Not only do we want you to feel at home at Hope, we'd love to help you find a home. Please check out discoverhope.church and click connect or just email us at info at discoverhope.church. Lastly, we give everything we can away for free and rely 100% on volunteers and donations to support this ministry. If you'd like to give to the Mission of Hope Church, you can select the Give option on our website or text any amount to 831-800-2060. Thanks again for tuning in.